Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Good afternoon, good morning, and welcome to another episode. And today we're going to Phoenix, Arizona to talk to Darren Chang. And Darren, can you tell us about your academic background? Well, <laughs> hello, Peter. Uh, I certainly can. It was, uh, um, how do I put it, uh, a little bit fractured. <laughs> I, uh, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona and went to high school here. And then as I tried to figure out what to do in the next stage of my life, I never really could pinpoint that other than I wanted to pursue being a professional racquetball player. So I did go to college for a year at Northern Arizona University, but my heart really wasn't in it. I was working two jobs while I was there trying to support myself in school, all of which was distracting from me or detracting from me uh, pursuing my dream of being a pro racquetball player. So after a year of that, I put school on hold, moved back to the Valley, got a job at a health club and started really truly pursuing that that endeavor and uh i i luckily for me i got to do that until i was uh, uh about 30 years of age and then eventually went back to school through university of phoenix to have a bachelor's degree in, in business marketing okay interesting path as you say so let's talk about your work experience where did you work before you are now so currently, I'm the vice president of sales at Triage Now. And prior to that, in between the end of my racquetball career and, and where I am today, which I've, I've been with this company for 11 years, uh, I had done several different facets of sales. Um, I did a stint in corporate relocation, which is a fancy way to say I was part of the moving business. Um, I did some time in uh, commercial interiors, and also I was I spent about roughly three years with Johnson & Johnson in their Depew Orthopedics Division, where I was in the OR with surgeons as kind of on-site tech support for the equipment utilized to do something like a total knee replacement or uh, some sort of fracture repair, things like that. So I did orthopedics and trauma stuff with that. So what is the website of the company that you're working for now? I, I think you know, the listeners might be interested in taking a look at what you do. Yeah, thanks. So it's triagenow.net, and we are a telephonic nurse triage service. Um, we do have clients in all 50 states. We work with companies large and small, and think of us as kind of the first line of defense for a workplace injury that is not life or limb threatening. Our nurses help guide people to the appropriate level of care um, for that workplace injury, and then there's also benefit to the employer as well in, within that process. Okay, that's great. Well, I think it's important that people know where you work because it, it may be of help. So do you get to go to Hawaii very often? <laughs> I do have clients in Hawaii and I always joke with them that when it's time for their you know quarterly review that I will hand deliver materials to them, but uh, can't get the boss to quite sign off on that just yet. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I do enjoy some business travel, but a lot less since uh, the times of COVID. Um, I did travel quite a bit prior to that, and the world has gotten used to doing business via Zoom. 
which does make me a lot more efficient for sure, both um, fiscally efficient as well as just from a time management standpoint to not have to be on the road a couple of, of weeks out of the month is definitely a nice change. Okay, so Darren, let's get into one of the main reasons why I wanted to interview you. You had an accident, a car accident, and tell us about that incident. Yeah, so um, so as, as Mothers Against Drunk Driving always reminds me, I'm supposed to refer to it as a crash, not an accident, because technically speaking, somebody made a very bad decision to be behind the wheel in this scenario. And uh, it was not me. I was the victim in this in this particular instance. Um, I was. This was a few years ago. I was headed out of Phoenix up to a small town in the mountains called Payson, Arizona, which is about ninety minutes away. And luckily, in this scenario, my father was already up in Payson, and he was waiting on me. Uh, he was up there the whole weekend, and I was catching up with him on a Sunday morning. Um, if circumstances had been different, and he had been in the car with me, I. I don't think the story would have quite the fortunate ending that it does. Um, but I, I was headed um, on that drive. It was early in the morning, so it was still dark out. And I crested over the largest mountain that's between Phoenix and Payson. And coming down the other side, I could see there was a construction zone at the bottom of the hill on the last curve. And I could see the yellow lights flashing in the distance. And as I got closer to it, there were concrete barriers that pinched the highway down from two lanes down into one as we went around that curve. Uh, I'm, I'm probably doing about 60 or 65 miles an hour. Uh, it's not a real tight curve. Um, in my 2000-something Toyota Camry, um, and that, that, as you're about to hear, the car's safety features saved my life. Uh, halfway through that curve, all of a sudden, there's a set of headlights coming right at me. And I screamed and stomped on the brakes as quickly as I could, but there was literally almost no warning whatsoever. My car sat low enough that I couldn't see above the concrete barriers to see the headlights coming at me. And because of the barriers in place, narrowing the highway down to one lane, I literally had nowhere to go. I couldn't escape or evade the oncoming car. So the most I was able to do was hit, instead of completely square, I hit passenger side to passenger side. And that was as much room as I had to avoid the oncoming car. I could hear somebody screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God, over and over and over until I realized that that was me. And the best explanation I have for that is that the impact of that crash knocked my soul into the back seat, and that's what was screaming. And after a few seconds, I kind of felt this reconnection where I was back in one piece, and then I, I, I realized that, oh, I might be hurt, I need to, you know, help myself in this situation. So everything that was in the back of the car was now scattered all over the front. I'm feeling around for my cell phone. I find it on the floor and I uh, I turn it on and I, I have no signal. So I can't call for help where I'm at. So I climbed out of the window on the driver's side and was standing on the concrete divider. And I saw a set of headlights coming in the uh, the oncoming traffic lane and I tried to wave that person down, but of course he's not expecting to see somebody there in the middle of nowhere and went zooming right by me and never stopped. Well, at some point, the oncoming traffic that was going past the crash site, somebody probably called for help. But in the meantime, I went over to check on the other guy and I got about 15 feet away from his car 
and I could smell the alcohol already. And he opened his door and kind of just poured out onto the highway and sat there staring at me, uh, clearly confused and maybe injured. I wasn't sure. But then I, I heard cars coming down the, the road from behind us, and I realized that the next set of cars is not going to see us in time, and they're going to crash into the existing crash site. So I flip on my flashlight app on my phone, and I start running up the hill, and i waving my hands like crazy trying to get that next car to stop. And luckily it did. And then the next one and the next one. And as the traffic backed up out of the curve, I knew that the cars coming down the hill would be able to see the headlights and know to stop. So uh, I, at some point I'm walking back towards the crash site, not really sure what to do. And a woman comes running up to me and she says, are, I'm a nurse. Are you hurt? Are you okay? And I said, yeah, I think I am. But you might want to check on the other guy. He, he seemed like he might be injured. And she said, well, that's my car. Why don't you go have a seat and, and you can wait there. So I, I don't know how long she was gone, but at some point she came back and slowly worked her way into a conversation with me, kind of pulling me back to the present moment. And I, I, I know I thanked her at the time, but man, do I wish I knew that woman's name so I could follow up and thank her again, because that stranger's kindness in that moment meant the world to me. So, Darren, as, as a result of this, it spurred you to take some action. It definitely did. I was so fortunate to have walked away from such a high-speed head-on collision with extremely minor injuries, at least physically. Um, it took me a while to really deal with this mentally and emotionally. And I'm you know, sorry to sound cliche, but I did kind of the guy thing here where I sort of pretended this didn't happen. I settled with the insurance company myself. I never pursued this person in civil court or anything like that. Uh, and I just wanted to like pretend it didn't happen and let's not talk about this again. And that, as you can imagine, didn't work very well for me. That's not a very successful co coping strategy by any means. So eventually I had to dig it back up and start facing it. And I found my way to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And they actually had some great resources that I wish I would have known about sooner, but what really drove me to be involved with that group was seeing the work that they do, helping not only victims who are in my situation or in far worse outcomes uh, and being victim advocates, uh, but also on the education side, doing talks at high schools and middle schools. And unfortunately, a reflection, a reflection of today's day and age, they are now doing stuff in elementary schools as well because they are seeing kids have exposure to drugs and alcohol at that young age. And so doing preventative work at that level uh, has been a big crusade of theirs. And so I have become what they refer to as a VIP, a victim impact panel speaker. So I go to the court mandated classes, to some of their other local events, and I share my story about what happened. Um, and I've even been the MC of their annual uh, Walk Like Mad fundraiser event here in Phoenix, which the last couple of years has been held at Phoenix International Raceway. So I feel very good about my, my opportunity to give back and try to help educate others. And the, the, <laughs> the first time I told that story, my story in front of an audience of maybe 50 people, uh, I, I finished quickly and I basically very hurriedly walked out of the room and I ran outside and threw up in the bushes. And my, my apologies to the Hilton Phoenix that was hosting that event. I may have killed one of their shrubs out front. Um, 
but uh, I was just so overwhelmed with emotion that had been packed down up until that moment. And it was very cathartic for me, to pardon the pun, to have that purge. And then the next time I told the story, it was a little easier. And the next time it got a little bit easier. And sharing my story and seeing the personal impact that it's had on people that are attending those classes and events has really inspired me to continue doing not only more for Mothers Against Drunk Driving, but also public speaking in general. Well, Darren, as a result, you've turned your company into a social enterprise, giving back to the community. I'm doing my best. You know, there's a lot of people out there that uh, have had a far worse outcome for something like this than I have. Uh, you know, I, I frequently ask myself that question, you know, why was I spared or why was this my outcome? And I, I'm doing my best to honor the additional time I've been granted on earth by trying to have as much positive influence on others that I can. Has the company recognized what you do? Um, actually, one of my first phone calls was to my boss because I, uh, again, kind of not really knowing what happened and what, what was going to follow with this. I called him on Sunday after I got home and you know said, hey, I'm not going to be at work tomorrow. I'm kind of banged up and here's what happened. And uh, so he's been aware since, you know, almost within a few moments of that happening and been supportive of my efforts to not only promote some of the things that I do on my LinkedIn profile and, and just, again, my efforts in the community. Um, I don't, I can't say that I've had any true business opportunities for triage now that have come from this effort, but um, some of the things like, again, social, social media exposure, doing both sides of things where I'm, I'm a, in the face of the company for triage now, but also doing things in conjunction with a great organization such as Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Um, I think in the grand scheme of things, from a brand awareness level, um, the more my face is in front of people, so to speak, the better. So Darren, who should join Mothers with Drunk Driving? So the, it's an amazing program. There are, um, there are lots of volunteers that make that organization uh, function, but there are uh, paid positions within it, uh, even though it does operate as a, a nonprofit, there are plenty of paid positions for everything from event organization and organization of uh, outreach programs to the big events they do, like their annual fundraisers and things like that. Um, I have really enjoyed meeting, I mean, don't get me wrong, these are heavily emotional uh, conversations that I have with people. Not too long ago, right before the holidays, I went into uh, to the Phoenix office and I met with a couple um, and the husband had been uh, hit by a drunk driver on his way to work at a local company and had, all, he, unfortunately he was not at work yet. So that did not bring workers' compensation into the fold. Their personal insurance has had to support all of the surgeries and rehabilitation and things that he's had. And obviously, you know, they're, they're in a pending lawsuit against the drunk driver, but that person was uninsured at the time, driving on a suspended license, um, and a few other details that make that, make any real financial uh, recuperation for them from that individual probably highly unlikely. So uh, it's just been, I was so moved and impressed with, with how they were as a couple handling this scenario. And believe me, I'm, I shed a few tears and 
tell you know hearing their story and and things but you know what what from a human perspective uh, that is such an amazing experience even though it is came from an awful circumstance um to hear someone's story and to see the the triumph of the human spirit and to see something as tragic as this event actually bring this couple closer was just an amazing thing to be a part of so if any of your listeners have a desire to be involved whether it is with mothers against drunk driving or any of the other nonprofit organizations that do such great work in support of others i highly recommend it because you will benefit tremendously from having uh involvement with those kind of organizations darren you've taken a, a bad situation turned it into a very positive one and you're giving back to the community 